0: really approaching it from this perspective we're not as you said you know this is something that we all have um so it's not necessarily finding it it's more so like uncovering it right because there are Mm. so many um different things that are projected onto us in society that um tell us to suppress you know this truth what who we are what our true opinions are um, what we want to do with our lives any hint, you know, that we might have internally oftentimes gets like crowded out by the, you know, the general consensus or societal perceptions and and things that people expect us to do. And so, you know, a big piece in Living Lively is all about dismantling um, and identifying all the things that influence us and shape the ways we perceive and present ourselves. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Fichels, and it's a pleasure to have you here. For anyone new or just starting out with this podcast, thank you, thank you for stopping by to listen. This is a place for honest conversations that will hopefully inspire, educate, and expand your mind. And I think today's guest will certainly do that for many of you, if not all of you. Haley Thomas is a 19-year-old motivational speaker, wellness and compassion activist, vegan food and lifestyle content creator, entrepreneur, and the CEO and founder of the nonprofit Happy. And if this wasn't impressive enough, she was also named a Gen Z leader by Michelle Obama herself, and Haley just released her book baby, Living Lively, which uses introspective journaling, with 70-plus simple and delicious plant-based recipes. Let's just give a moment of awe-induced silence for Hailey's accomplishments thus far, eh? Now, I've been a fan of Hailey for about six months now, after my friend Emma introduced me to Hailey's Instagram. Since then, I've been following along just in awe, because this queen inspires me with everything she has done, and more so with everything she continues to do just day by day. I've mentioned this term before, and some of you may know of it, or some may not, but Haley is a major expander for me. An expander is, in my terms, basically someone we look to and are able to see our own passions, dreams, goals, life journey shown to us as then being possible. Haley, to me, shows that it doesn't matter your age, your influence, or any of those external factors If you have a message to get out into the world, you can do it. It just takes discovering your voice and then utilizing it. And I'm not talking about your basic voice. Yes, yes, you can talk. But can you talk about what really matters? Can you talk to hundreds, maybe even thousands, whether that's in a real life situation or on a platform? The fact of the matter is just that no, like not everyone can do that. And not everyone wants to do that, nor do they have to do that. I personally do, you know, I already speak to lots of you through this podcast and on Instagram, but someday I want to be speaking to more. I want to use my voice for more, to spread my message and everything that I just really hope to put out in the world and impact people. So Haley personally inspires and just expands for me in that way, and hopefully after this episode to some of you as well. So in today's episode, Haley and I really discuss this idea of how to discover and then use your voice for good, as I was just going on about. Haley then also shares a lot about her journey to activism, and there's just so much wisdom. I love it. So in this conversation, we really cover a lot. Everything from what it means to live lively, to filling our cup up so that we're there to support others, how Haley got into this activism work so young, and what it means to be creating your own path, I then asked Haley about starting a nonprofit at 12 years old, which is beyond crazy to me to fathom a 12-year-old doing that. I love it. I hope we see more of that moving forward. Um, And, you know, she did it. And she did it because she saw a major lack in education for the youth around the topics of health and wellness, which I know we could probably all agree (laughs) it's not taught enough about. And she explains why it's so important to not only educate these kids as they do through the nonprofit Happy, but also provide them with the tools and then resources to help themselves and then to go out and help others and just kind of create that snowball effect of you help one and hopefully they help another and another and it keeps on going. And as our final topic of the day, Haley and I jump into a discussion on why there's a lot of strength to be found in vulnerability. You guys know I love this topic. I've discussed it with lots of previous guests, and I loved hearing Haley's insights and thoughts on this topic. And it's and something I kind of bring up and then Haley and I go further into is how this idea of strength and vulnerability and the say-so in between of them is what's causing a major clash between generations right now. So think about it. I mean, we have the older generations, to see strength much differently than we do as millennials or Gen Z. We're not as afraid to be vulnerable and authentic and just really be ourselves. And I think that's where we're seeing such a clash. I mean, in every area of the world in life right now. <laughs> so hopefully overall, this episode resonates with you. Like I said, lots to discuss, lots to learn about and just be inspired by. I love Haley's book, as you'll hear me gush all about it in the episode. I've been flipping through it more and more each day. The beginning is just so powerful with these introspective journaling prompts, and just the way she speaks is, wow. Like, it's powerful. She has quite the voice in the writing, and it's just, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. And the recipes, I mean, come on. (laughs) I'm not fully vegan, but I love seeing plant-based recipes since I'm, you know, 80% plant-based, I'd say, and it's just phenomenal. They're all so easy and just so fun. This would be perfect for kids or teenagers or in your early 20s, like anyone, even like I feel like I could give this to my aunt or my grandma, you know what I mean? Like someone older too, and it would hopefully like open their eyes to something. So anyway, um, you can check out her book. It's available anywhere books are sold. I'll link some sources below. It's called Living Lively. And if you want to follow along with Haley's journey, just in general, she is on Instagram at Haley Thomas linked below. And I really hope you guys check out her page. Thanks for listening, as always, and for supporting the show. If you decide to listen, share, leave a rate and review, it all helps. I appreciate you, and let's dive into today's conversation. Oh, yeah. And not to, like, bombard you right off the bat, but I just got um, no. Allison. I don't know if she's, you know, your publicist assistant or however <laughs> you guys work together. She she sent me your book, which I wasn't expecting. Thank Like, that was so kind but i (laughs) like wow i i love books like i kind of have always considered myself a bit of a book not like snob but i just love (laughs) analyzing how they're put together and Mm -hmm. everything and it's just like i mean it's stunning i can't imagine how much work you must have put into it because it's so (laughs) i mean obviously it's so much more than just a cookbook but wow i was flipping through the beginning um I just got it yesterday, and I was like, "This is amazing!" So I just had to say that.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's so surreal, like knowing that people are reading through it now and having the experience. It's just it's been so you know small for so long these past two years of just like working on it, and
1: now to have it out, it's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. It's I mean, people always say it's like birthing a baby. I mean, practically, oh, yeah, I like. Guess. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so I just had to tell you about that. But um Thank you. Well, we already were discussing a bit about your book and just how much I love it. But I guess to just kind of back things up a bit and for anyone listening that doesn't know, you know, like who you are or what the type of work is you do, I'm just curious, kind of, you know, starting here in the present, how would you describe the work you do and the message it is that you're, you know, putting out into the world for everyone? Yeah,
0: um, I would say describe the work I do as really centered around um, holistic wellness and compassion and through those things, um, empowerment for all people of all ages to thrive. And so um, a lot of my work has been centered around these topics for, you know, the past decade now of being in the wellness space and speaking and having my nonprofit for the past um, almost eight years, and so all of that has really just been centered on um, taking care of the entire person and being able to nourish ourselves so we can nourish our communities. And um, yeah, that's how I would kind of put it in a
1: in a nutshell. Well, yeah, and I mean, there's like so much you've done in that "quote unquote" nutshell. Do you know what I mean? Like you are just so multifaceted yeah. and have so many different avenues about you and your work. Um, I think that's just what really drew me in and Something that I kind of wanted to touch on is, I was just, you know, flipping through your book earlier today, and obviously the name of it is Living Lively, and you bring that up a lot in the book, and you discuss it, and you you ask some other people about how they kind of think of it, and so I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. like right here for anyone listening, what does, you know, Living Lively, and just what does that mean to you, and why is that such a critical part of your message? yeah
0: um I think living lively really captures just being with acceptance for all you are and all that you can be and and become and grow into. and I think um, it's a really compassionate reflection and kind of perspective on life and how we can step into it vibrantly despite um, the areas in which we might need to grow or things that we um, might be afraid of stepping into or discomfort that's there that's always going to be there but I think that living lively just kind of reframes that perspective and shows that truly we are so powerful when we to know ourselves and we dive into introspection and we nourish from the inside out and really take care of um, all the aspects in our lives that create our overall well-being. So, you know, when I think of living lively, to me, it just it feels like kind of a a hug to myself. You know, that's I think that's really what that message is um, all about is just that self-compassionate growth and learning and expansion into, um, you know, your higher potential.
1: I love that. And I think what you said there, that's also like a key thing to point out is that self-compassion, because oftentimes when, when we like start this work or we're doing anything kind of in this realm that you and I are discussing today, it can be very easy to like get down on yourself. And especially if you're working through, you know, past trauma, you know, past events that happened. Uh, And I I think that's just something that's not discussed enough is that self-compassion piece of this work too.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know that even, you know, in the wellness space and advocating for health and um, of other people and, and communities, you know, that I would work in, it, it was never 100% um, effective until I started to really consider how I was doing, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things. Once I was able to tap further into myself and my truth and um, how I was really feeling, I think that kind of unlocked an, a whole other level of um, work that I could really tap into and bring to my community and so it's really all about like being able to fill our own cups in order to you know fill the cups of others and to you know not fill our cups once but ensure that those cups stay at least halfway full you know most of the time we never really want to get to that ground zero and if we do to have compassion to work through that and and kind of um, replenish ourselves as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I'm actively always working towards is just like fully embodying this message. And a part of that is like being okay with the, the bumps on the road as well. So yeah, that's really definitely what it's all about.
1: I love that. Yeah. And the way I think I, I was always the worst at, like you said, just letting my cup you know the metaphorical cup just go to empty and then never refilling it yeah. until I like, absolutely dying <laughs> yeah. quote unquote of thirst. And um, <laughs> it, it's just funny to think about because like I wait I waitress and that's like one of the first things that they really like wanted to drill into me of like mm-hmm. keep an eye on those like their cups. You know nobody wants an empty glass and you're sitting there parched like. It's the same for us. Like We have to keep things refilled and replenished, even if it's just a little bit, just to keep us from hitting that absolute rock bottom, empty metaphorical glass.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It's actually funny because one of my um, biggest pet peeves is like the water constantly being refilled at restaurants. I'm like, let me just get through this cup, please. I don't want to waste this water. (laughs) So it's funny that that you brought that up. But
1: yeah, I think we need to be like that for ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's funny you brought that up because I'm i like the kind of environmentalist working in the restaurant business, which doesn't really go hand in hand because I'm like, <laughs> do you really want a straw today? Or <laughs> I'll like give the yeah. minimum amount of napkins and I think they're getting sick of it, but still, you've got to make an impact hey, where you can. Exactly. <laughs> um, and kind of on that note, I think what else really like brought me to your work and something I really admire about you is that, I mean, you've been named by like, Michelle Obama as like the leader of the Gen Z. And I just, I love that because I'm in, I guess I'm Gen Z too, I think. And um, it's just funny because I think we've been seeing like everything we're discussing right now. And in this episode, like, sure, the millennials have, they're working on this. There's lots of resources for that. But when it comes to like our generation and the people that we're speaking to, like this stuff isn't always discussed enough, or it's not really like something that you can just bring up into conversation with your friends and guarantee you'll be able to talk about it. Like I struggle yeah. with friendships because of that, you know? And so I think that's just what I really admire about you too. And I'm just curious about like how that started. I mean, you, you are like a Gen Z leader and it started a long time ago. I know that, but I'm just kind of curious, like, when did that first begin? When did you first realize like, I want to make an impact and I can make an mm-hmm. impact too?
0: Yeah, I, I think a very big piece of this is just how I was raised. Like my parents are two extremely outspoken individuals. They never shy away from a debate and sharing their opinions or perspectives on things. And so just growing up in that environment where like, you know, I'm 10 years old and a part of conversations about what's going on in the world. I think that definitely um, aided in really me feeling valid and secure in my voice and perspective even as it is continuously changing and evolving and so just having that foundation I think helped me kind of feel comfortable in sharing my voice and then of course like the community aspect I think um, ties itself into that as well. I've always you know been a part of um, communities in in just my own life even if I wasn't leading or, or doing anything organizing like that was a big piece of of my life as a little kid and so no one really ever told me like listen this is what you can't do this is what you can do based on whatever external factors like that messaging was never around Um, my parents never really forced a, a certain path on me it was always this nurturing of kind of whatever sparked my interest versus the other way around which you know unfortunately is an experience so many people our age um, you know and younger experience of just kind of having this life <laughs> forced onto you and projected onto you all of these expectations and of course my parents you know wanted me to be happy and fulfilled and, and successful in, in whatever um, you know way that fulfills me but they they never really defined what that looked like and I think allowing me to define for myself what success what joy what purpose felt like and and looked like as you know an external manifestation was a really pivotal thing in my life just getting to go on this journey like completely unknowing of what could unfold um has really been a blessing and you know i think that i'm i'm super grateful that i got started as early as i did because now there's kind of this like blueprint of you know what a youth activist looks like or what a kid chef looks like or whatever it may be, and and a young influencer. But then, like me and my friends, we were just like testing everything out. We were doing everything not for, you know, followers or attention or anything like that, but genuinely because we cared, not because we realized we could make a profit off of it or start a business. It was literally just because of that core message and intention. So I'm, I'm grateful for that because it's allowed me to stay grounded in all that I do because it started from that place of... Of really being grounded in that messaging and and what I ultimately wanted to bring to my community and beyond. And I think it's just really evolved and grown from that place. But I think that's how I've been able to navigate this space um, as I have and and really just kind of grow into it in my own way versus, you know, trying to replicate something that I've seen before.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like in the beginning, you were just you you were just so open to possibilities and you didn't have, as you Mm. said, this blueprint or like I always kind of refer to when we're given, you know, our life, we're born, whatever, there's like this (laughs) story we can follow. Right. And it's pretty much beginning, middle, and, you can follow this path. Mm -hmm. And some people are fine with that. They're content and that's fine Mm -hmm. for them. Then there's others where I feel like you do have to find where you can branch off that path to create your own. And then there's some that, you know, take a bulldozer and they just really make their own path. And it's just beautiful because like you started, yeah, like you said, you started so early that kind of, you know, right in the beginning of your path, you started to like off branch in all these different directions. And Um, I just think that's so powerful. I mean, you started your, you have like the nonprofit happy, which you started Mm -hmm. when you were, was it 10 or 12 years old? I mean, I was 12. Yeah. Wow. Like mind blown there. Everyone listening, Mm -hmm. remember what you were like at 12 years old. And it's just, you know, and that's not to make anyone feel bad. It's just to put into perspective, like you had to have had like such a drive, like what was fueling you to Take on such a actually enormous task. I mean, I'm sure back then you might not have realized like how much I, you know, presume goes into starting a nonprofit. But like, yeah. what brought you through that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have and had, you know, at that time such incredible support, like not only from my family but also from people in my community. And so um, like getting to really start off through like a fiscal sponsor, through a nonprofit, you know, I trusted and loved, um, was really helpful. And so like having people who believed in the mission and everything I wanted to try out and experiment with was like a great thing. Um, But I think being, again, being so young and also starting the nonprofit with my mom who had, you know, no prior nonprofit experience either. Like we were both stepping into the space completely vulnerable. And instead of, you know, perceiving it as like, oh, we don't know what we're doing. This might fail. It was more so we don't know what we're doing. Let's see, you know, what we can do and and how we can figure it out. And so I think just kind of approaching everything um, through that lens of like, honestly, we're all just figuring it out. Most of us, if we, you know, think we have it figured out, we're mostly pretending or trying to seem like we do. And it was just embracing that that fact that like we're here to learn and to grow and to be able to um, learn how to provide you know these resources effectively and to actually you know make an impact that counts and so um, just kind of approaching it through that perspective was helpful in just embracing all the ups and downs which you definitely had um, but being able to grow through them and my ultimate you know, motivation to really start happy started with my dad um, after he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes when I was like eight or nine years old. And so through that process of him being diagnosed and my parents really trying to look into alternative healing methods versus, you know, the medication, which almost seemed like it would open up, you know, a Pandora's box of other illnesses um, along the way. We wanted to look through food and potentially healing his condition that way, and that's exactly what we did. So for a year, you know, our entire family committed to learning together. And I'm like eight or nine, and my sister's four, and we're like all on the couch watching, you know, food documentaries and and remixing our favorite recipes in the kitchen. And so it was just again through this lens of oh my gosh, there is not like fun in front <laughs> of my face, just like trying to go in my eye. Um, I have so many
1: plants around me. I love it. I've been eyeing them off the whole time.
0: (laughs) No, but yeah, I think just kind of being involved in that process and getting again to learn together and approaching it from this place of love and just like as an adventure, all of that empowered me and learning so much about the food system and about how much this information was lacking um in you know the school system and i just felt like it was wrong that like kids my age and younger didn't have this this resource and this toolkit of understanding you know how what we put into our bodies impacts us not only physically but also you know, mentally and energetically, all of those things. And so um, just learning about it was like eye-opening, and I felt like I had to do something about it. And again, based on the way that my parents have always brought me up, I felt like I could do something about it. And so um, I think just kind of having that baseline of empowerment and inclusion in real-life conversations really helped me feel like I could take this on. You know, I think a lot of adults try to like shelter kids, I think it's a lot harder now than it was, you know, 10 years ago or, or so. But, um, you know, they try to like, pretend something's not going on or hide the things that are really happening. But like, most of my life, I've pretty much known all of the challenges in my family, you know, whether that's as a whole or individually um, with each person. And so like, getting to actually tackle these things together and, and be aware of, of what's going on, that's exactly why you know my family was able to reverse you know my dad's condition without the medication it was the ability to see all you know and to have that transparency um, in our own family and that was you know my motivation is just like this information needs to be accessible to everyone it feels as though you know it's a birthright for us to know how the things we're putting into our bodies impact us so that's that's what originally fueled me and it's only you know kind of attached itself to all the other you know interconnected aspects of wellness
1: yeah and what I really love as you were talking it kind of dawned on me it seems your parents did the same with you and then that's now what you're doing where it's like you're not just giving you're educating right so like you're providing the tools and the resources but you also have that education piece in there and I think a lot of the times we can just kind of get in that mindset of you know, like here are the tools, like you're set, right? Like you should be able to do fine here. And that might be the case for some, but for others, education is key. And it is unfortunate, very unfortunate that it's just not accessible to all. And then, I mean, especially then if you want to like really dive deep, just depending on like the school, not only like the locations, but the schools. And then even with race, which we've seen, I mean, obviously come to forefront with the recent movement and I just think that that makes like what you're doing just even so much more you know prevalent and needed um this education and these tools like they just they have to be given and then taught to the people that really need them and the people that can apply these to their life and that want to apply them to their life too yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's essential. And it's, it's one
0: of the first ways that we really learn to be leaders in our own lives. And the first step of of taking care of ourselves and engaging in self care is like, you know, three times a day, um, at, at whatever table or on a plate or in a bowl, it's like, those are our opportunities to not only get, you know, get to feel ourselves, but also, it's the way that we connect ourselves to the rest of the world. And whether that's environmentally, ethically, um, all of that. There's so much in, in just what we have um, on our plates. So, yeah, it's definitely knowledge that needs to be more accessible. But also, you know, the ability to apply that knowledge, having those resources, um, you know, like accessing fresh fruits and vegetables, all of those things is huge, <laughs> huge, layered problem. And you know, we are trying our best to really build that awareness and in that education but the access piece of it is something that you know we haven't pinned down to be honest how to really tackle that um and you know we try to partner with organizations who are working on those things because of course like access and information are so important but it's it's so multifaceted and um really unfortunate you know how our systems are just set up you know to to make it so hard to just be able to cover our basic human needs and to just feel good in our bodies.
1: Mm, No, so true. And as you said, it goes layers and layers deep. And I guess the best you can do is exactly what you're doing, which is just try to chip away at it. um, You know, one piece at a time, one day at a time. And I'm just curious for anyone that doesn't, you know, hasn't followed you, hasn't found you, doesn't know what happy is. Could you give maybe like an example or, like a project, a work you've done? I mean, I know things have been crazy of late, but just to give people an idea of, like, the work that you are doing and how this has impacted people um, through, you know, through the organization.
0: Yes, so with Happy, we primarily... Um, do plant-based nutrition education and culinary education to young people in underserved communities, um, primarily through en- elementary schools, and so um, that has been our work for you know a majority of, of our existence. But in the past two years, we've really expanded our Um, curriculum and program into this concept of holistic wellness and so we've recently been uh, dabbling in the world of self-care and teaching that to young people and so we actually just wrapped up a self-care summer camp on Zoom last week and we're doing another one um, this coming week but that's really all about you know providing young people with the tools the emotional mental and tools to really have strength and hope and resilience during this time and to really take control of um, all of the things that they can control what which you know maybe their reactions their rituals uh, the ways in which they perceive everything going on in the world and just having that that toolkit to be able to understand how you're feeling and to address those things and to understand the things that make us feel better or don't and so um, it's been really cool to to dive into this area because it's something that I've wanted to do and kind of break down for younger audiences for a while and, um, you know, the first camp was really successful. We have a huge group for next week. So, um, you know, I'm super excited to just see all that play out. But I mean, we've gotten just incredible feedback from that program alone. And it just just started, um, of you know, siblings treating each other with kindness and more understanding. Parents are finding like affirmations hidden all around their houses. It's it's incredible. And, you know, again, just speaks to the testament of simply, you know, informing young people and, and, and equipping them with um, mindsets that are positive and rooted in in this idea of self-empowerment. I think that they just run with it. They love being able to Uh, feel like they have you know a sense of control and power in their lives especially you know as a kid like you feel like everything's just happening kind of around you and you can't really influence much but the camp is all about really showing them what they can influence starting from within and um, that's just a new thing but more you know in our past we've done a lot of school tours where we teach kids about like reading food labels and how to make healthy snack um versions of you know popular foods and that's really one popular program that we do through school tours and then we've done summer camps like culinary adventure summer camps where kids are like free to just try like all the spices make all the fusion dishes learn kitchen skills and Knife safety and kitchen sanitation, all of those things. And so it's just really a lot of our work is centered around it being, of course, super fun and engaging, but also truthful and informative and, um, you know, just showing the realities of our world that we live in today in regards to, you know, the food system and also in regards to ways that kids can make a difference in their own lives and in the lives of
1: others. That just makes me smile so big. I just love, you know, you guys going in there and not only teaching, you know, about the flavors and the cooking and the skills, but like the nutrition labels. You know, that's something that's so important. Um, And there's a lot of adults that don't even, you know, know how to do that. So I just, Mm -hmm. oh, that's wonderful. That makes that makes me smile.
0: (laughs) Oh yay! Yeah, no, it's it's so much fun, and just to see how, like, with you know our generation and even the one to come, like, we're just seeing how they instantly kind of connect like okay this is how it impacts me but this is also how it impacts you know my family my friends whatever it may be and so when we do our tours especially um we see just such an instant reaction to the information they hear like we'll talk about um say you know something like like pastries with you know, Pop-Tarts, I guess, like Pop-Tarts and Hot Pockets, things like that, we'll talk about those things and all the fillers and ingredients and coloring and, you know, where those ingredients are derived from, and then teachers will tell us, like, all the kids were throwing away their (laughs) Pop-Tarts at at lunch. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's like almost instantaneous, and so um, just getting to see that and even, you know, one of my favorite stories um, from last year is, like, we were talking about, uh, again, like, investigating the food label and at the end taking questions and one of the kids like raised his hand and he was saying you know these companies like they put all of these things in the products to make us like you know we're addicted to it and you can't stop eating it like is it possible for us to sue the companies and I was like you're literally eight years old <laughs> like what do you know about suing let alone like the fact that you made that connection that this is wrong and that we should hold these companies accountable was incredible and like I kid you not everyone started chanting, like, sue the company, sue the company. Like, I, <laughs> I still can't believe that actually happened because it sounds like if that is not the definition of, of the upcoming generation, I don't know what is. Um, and yeah, it was just so awesome to see, like, they just feel, you know, so empowered by that and, and instantly try to figure out how to make a connection in their own lives and the lives of
1: others. That is so funny. And especially what you said about it being like the definition of this generation. Someone, I forget, it was a podcast. They were saying the other day how it's so funny like, this generation can be afraid of, you know, calling in our food or yeah. like, <laughs> small things. And then here we are like doing these, like, you know, a lot of it's <laughs> on media right now, but like little mini revolution, you know, Yeah, it's so funny. Like we're not afraid of these big things because we're just like, <laughs> I can take that on. But then like the small things, it's like, uh, can you call and make me a hair appointment today? <laughs> you know, right, exactly. With the, with the younger ones. But yeah, it's just, it's funny how that worked out. No, that's so true. I was
0: just asking my mom, I'm like, I need contacts. And she's like, you can call them yourself. You can call the eye doctor yourself. I was like, oh, <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> that's a little bit too adult-like for me. No, oh, I love it. No, it's true. Yeah. It's it's true. We have our highs and lows. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. And Um, you know, something else I wanted to touch on is that obviously starting like the nonprofit and doing all of that when you were so young is just like phenomenal. But then beyond that, like it was really the start to everything else, to your activism. And you've spoken on like countless stages and platforms and programs and everywhere. And, you know, I'm just curious in that a lot of us struggle to find our voice and then furthermore to even project that voice in a way that can create impact or can really reach the masses and yet you've done that from such a small age so young age i should say um and so i'm just curious like for anyone listening that's struggling to find their voice or to share their voice and just really tap into that power that you know we all have it's something that we we do all have and i'm just curious like what tips or advice would you perhaps give to them
0: really approaching it from this perspective we're not as you said, you know, this is something that we all have, um, so it's not necessarily finding it, it's more so like uncovering it, right? Because there are mm. so many um, different things that are projected onto us in society that um, tell us to suppress, you know, this truth, what who we are, what our true opinions are, um, what we want to do with our lives, any hint you know that we might have internally oftentimes gets like crowded out by the you know the general consensus or societal perceptions and and things that people expect us to do and so you know a big piece in living lively is all about dismantling Um, and identifying all the things that influence us and shape the ways we perceive and present ourselves um, out into the world and so I think just doing that work in itself like recognizing that the reason why you're you know afraid to speak up to this up to this point is probably not you know you didn't choose to do that Um, most of the things that you know shape who we are are unconscious and especially in our age like Everything that we are right now is, is a combination of all the external influences of people that we were around, their mindsets, their perceptions of themselves and how we saw them, you know, go out into the world and interact with others, like all of that we are modeling off of. And so until we come to this place of like, wait a minute, I can actually identify that this is why I feel this way or this is who I've been imitating or who I you know have looked to as an example of, you know, what positive communication looks like or negative communication looks like or speaking their truth you know if you've always been around people who are, are timid or go with the crowd or pretend and do a lot of those types of things suppress their emotions you know label being emotional or vulnerable as weakness all of those things we're going to absorb and, and emulate as well and so um, I think just being able to identify that is a huge piece in getting to know your true voice and recognizing that your voice is not really, and doesn't have to be, you know, the voices of others. It doesn't have to be the echo of others. And so um, that to me was a big piece in really getting to understand like who I am and embracing all of who I am. Because I think even on this journey, like, yes, I've been encouraged to, you know, speak up and, and do things out in the world. But that but still, you know, you can't be in your little box for too long. Of course, I still found myself in positions where I felt I needed to shrink because I didn't want to make others uncomfortable and or that I needed to you know, not say this or say this because I needed to maintain a certain um, presentation of myself and trying to just stay in this one lane of, you know, this is food, this is all I talk about, like, nobody's gonna like what I have to say about this. And again, these are perceptions built off of what, how I saw other, you know, food influencers or activists operate out in the world who are my age, and nobody was political up until, you know, a few years ago. And, that's really when I started to feel comfortable in my true voice and full opinion. Um, was when I was realizing that like stifling stifling myself is a not, you know, doing any service to me, but also it's not, you know, doing any service to the world if I'm stepping into it as half of myself. And so just being able to identify like why I think this way, why I perceive this about myself. Um, then I realized that I wasn't so much you know to blame. And I think it's no one, to blame, really, but it's just identifying, like, this is why I am who I am right now, and this is now what I can do to step into the fullest version of myself, and so um, I think that journey, you know, unfolds in many ways. It could be through, you know, reading my book and doing those reflection prompts, or it could be through having, you know, a life experience that really forces you to stand up for yourself and to, assert yourself in a way that is truthful or to speak up in a relationship and express, you know, how you're feeling and how you're being impacted. And I think viewing um, this authentic expression of myself as a form of self care um, has been revolutionary for me as well, because it's like we often shut ourselves down before anyone else can. Um, And I think it's just like, if we stop being like our, biggest hater and we stop holding ourselves back um, and just kind of know that if we're speaking and expressing ourselves from our truth and from an intentional place, then all the external noise doesn't matter. And that's been a really big piece for me. Is just like, not letting the external validation or invalidation determine how I show up in the world for myself or for others. So it's it's a lifelong journey for sure. And, you know, I'm also not perfect at it, but I, I just find myself to be so much happier knowing that I'm not mincing my words or I'm not cutting my answers short because I don't want to be too much or any of those things, you know, because I did realize that hearing so many adults like say to me you know when I was your age like I was doing nothing with my life it makes me feel terrible about like this is just who I am like I, I didn't really necessarily choose to do this because I'm young or anything like this is just how it's unfolded and so getting comments like that made me feel bad for like completely being myself um, and I just started realizing like that's really not my problem and everyone you know, grows and evolves at the at the pace and in the time that they need to. So, I, I wanted to ensure that I wasn't, um, again, just being like a critic of myself when that really wasn't what was going on. And I think a lot of those behaviors that we exhibit about ourselves are just not are not rooted in, in anything that we've decided to to make happen. I think it's just a lot of external influence, and um, getting to break that down is really really healing. Oh, I love
1: that. And the way I think of it, what you were saying too about kind of that self-discovery piece of it is, I mean, I know people have said this before, but like the idea of an onion or a flower, whatever it is. And as you go back to flowers, you get to the very like kind of delicate um, center. And I think that's what, as you're saying, like really stepping into your voice and using it can feel very vulnerable because you're fundamentally just putting your like most authentic self out there it's not, you know, like you don't have those walls up, so to speak anymore of like all the societal conditioning and pressures and layers that we build up over time. And I think that's like a big thing of it, as you said, is um, like, even with the, with the age thing, like I, I mean, but with the podcast, like I started it when I was 18 and people would say comments like that to me. And it is funny how we feel like a, guilt or shame of like, yeah. you know, like they feel bad. <laughs> yeah. It just goes to show of like how vulnerable it is when you start mm-hmm. to step into that authentic self and that authentic voice. Um, so, oh, I just love that. And I think like you just, you are very like intentional too with, I mean, everything you do, but I think especially with the way you speak and educate and uh, just really communicate with others and reading the book, like just the beginning parts that I got to go through, uh that was just very clear too of like you're just very like steadfast in who you are I think. It it seems that way at least, you know, to the outside. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> and it comes across in your voice and even in your written voice. Uh, so that's Thank just you. yeah.
0: No, that means so much to me. And you know, as you were mentioning, like this concept of vulnerability, I think what's been so interesting and I was talking about this yesterday um, is how we've been, you know, conditioned to perceive strength and weakness in in ways that are, you know, completely untrue. It, oftentimes, the things we perceive as weaknesses are often those strengths, and and, and vice versa. And so, um, you know, I think that it's really amazing to be able to flip that concept of strength on its head and, and to show everyone, I mean, the world that we were living in up until this year (laughs) for sure was really centered on like, you know, trying to present yourself a certain way, um, not fully expressing yourself for fear of criticism or whatever it may be. And it was this big prioritization of kind of upholding, you know, or appeasing the ego and, and just feeling super like, you don't want anything to make you uncomfortable. You don't want anything to rattle or shake, you know, your table and and make you feel um, as if you need to do that that deeper searching or learning. And now I feel like we're shifting into a world that can finally embrace vulnerability and and truth um, from so many different people. And you just think of how the way that we used to and are moving out of operating has stifled so many people um not only emotionally but also creatively in the ways in which they feel empowered um you know by the world and and by themselves as well it's just like the the world we have operated in for so long is not really based in anything that can truly create like more evolution and growth in, in a real way and i think that um kind of realization that's happening across the board is such a beautiful thing and realizing that, you know, it's stronger to face, you know, your shadows and face the things that make you uncomfortable and grow from those things than to repress it and pretend that, you know, this doesn't matter or this doesn't affect me or, you know, this, you know, doesn't impact this person or, you know, I'm not responsible for this, whatever. A lot of the ways that we have been conditioned to be strong are just like, you know, opportunities to deflect like what's actually going on in our lives I don't think many of us until this year have had the time to digest like how we're feeling and to work through that fully and to be able to acknowledge the the pain and suffering of so many other people that have just been again repressed by this um societal mindset of like just pretend everything bad doesn't exist and we'll just keep moving through it and that's just so toxic and you know it it hurts us all you know on an individual and collective level and I think that now seeing just people embrace their gifts embrace their voices and their perspectives and their vulnerability and all the ways that they have have been hurt or have been misguided is just such a powerful thing and i really hope that you know we continue to go in this direction of embracing our humanity it's it's been a crime not doing that you know these these past few However many years, Um, it's been a long time and you see those patterns, you know, reflected in our parents and in our grandparents, all those things, just kind of this suppression of of who they really are and how they really feel and tiptoeing around different subjects because you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, bring anything up, but bringing those things up and working through them are or you know pivotal piece of of collective healing and and individually as well so I'm I'm just happy that we're moving in that direction because I think it will it will create so much more just inner freedom if anything it will show us that we can just be and, and figure things out and not have anything figured out at all like I still to this day pretty much you know know what I'm doing when I'm doing it you know it's just like almost everything that I do is new in some way and so embracing the fact that like I'm no expert and that I can learn and that I absolutely need to and and need to grow in many areas is is a good thing like I think that just embracing that path is is so important.
1: Yes oh I so agree and I think What you were saying about kind of like the strength and the vulnerability aspect is, I think that's where we're seeing this clash happening right now. And it's because we have these, you know, younger generations of where we're just fully expressing ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we're choosing to not go to college or to try the new thing, to, you know, be the entrepreneur, to decide our gender, to decide, like all these Mm -hmm. ways that we express ourselves. And then we have, unfortunately, most of the people in charge or, you know, trying to be in charge that just aren't of that mindset. And they're still in that idea of what strength is to them. And I think we're seeing that collective shift, as you're saying, where people are starting to wake up and really embrace uh, these forms of expression that are our strengths. Like they're they're what make us us and make us unique. And really, I think that's when people can kind of tap into that voice too when you kind of figure out like this is me Mm -hmm. and it's as we said it's vulnerable to be that way but it's also like hella strong to be that way too yeah exactly (laughs) putting yourself out there (laughs) exactly Um, yeah and I think that's like a neat it's kind of neat to see I mean it's butting heads on both ends but that's like that's where I guess the change and the growth will happen where there's discomfort so yes yes 100 percent so we did touch on it quite a bit throughout the um, episode, but your book is coming. It's released officially on July 28th, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I just kind of want to know, as I've mentioned, it's amazing. And I can imagine a ton of work went into it. Um, I think you did two years. <laughs> yeah. So just like overall, like what did creating this book mean to you? Or like what, what emotions do you feel like just even thinking about it right now? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it's meant so much to me, and, and it's
0: definitely like one of the biggest projects, you know, in my life um, to date. And I think, you know, in thinking about it, I just want, you know, the book to be received with all the the positive energy and love that was poured into it, but also all of the, of course, like word of the of the podcast, like vulnerability poured into it, and just to be able to feel safe in, in that space and safe in this like compassionate reflection that is encouraged throughout the book and to also feel joy, you know, going through the recipes and, you know, in the book, I encourage everyone to just like make it their own experience. Um, you know, I, for one, like, I know I wrote a cookbook, but like, I don't follow recipes to the T like all the time. I'm just not the type of person usually, but um, you know, I encourage that, like make it your own. I have a literal whole section on make it your own recipes. And um, I think just being able to customize that experience and to also challenge the things I'm talking about, like don't just take it for what it is, like challenge those things, um, see if it resonates with you and and just have your own experience. And I think that's something I'm so excited about just really making it something where each copy of the book, you know, that that's in the hands of whoever is a complete unique experience for each person. And that is so exciting. And, you know, to make it interactive and just, I, I just really, you know, hope that all of that vibrant energy and love that was poured into it, you know, is, is received through everything and that people can also, you know, see themselves within that book. And, um, you know, that's a huge piece of why I wanted to do features on young women who are are doing incredible things in the world and are really tapping into their personal power um, within the different seven points of power in the book. And, you know, I just find it so important for us to see our stories uh, reflected in, in the lives of others and to recognize, like, this is possible, and and, and my story is, you know, proof of our interconnectedness, and my story is, you know, a way that I can um, connect myself to service of others and my, you know, my creativity and my uni- unique perspectives, all of those things are are my superpowers, you know, even with the traumatic experiences and even with um, things that are, are difficult to talk about and handle, like the, those experiences are shared amongst so many people. And so to be able to highlight those things and to view all that makes us, you know, who we are through a compassionate lens, I think is, is is really nice to just be able to look at all we are through that perspective. Um and you know the book is just really centered in all of that and yes, it took so much to make it happen. Um two years total because like book proposal took me like eight months and pitching and then eventually landing with HarperCollins and, and, you know, a year of producing the book. But I think what was so fascinating was like all the things that I was writing about, um, I would have like direct experiences with you know each of those pieces and so you know when I had um, come upon kind of talking more so about like mental health and our relationships with ourselves like to be honest I didn't have any like super extreme experiences with that at all and last year that was the year when that absolutely happened and my mental health and self-care was like falling apart and it was so difficult and I was, I was going through a lot. Um, And at the same time, you know, writing the book and traveling and, and doing program with happy and it was just it was like the craziest year. But through, you know, even having that experience, I was able to develop tools and perspective that made the book like 10 times better, you know, and so I'm, I'm grateful for all of the craziness, you know, that happened last year, because it allowed me to really be able to fully relate to all of the topics that I was, you know, talking about in the book. And that was one area where I was like, oh, I've never really, like, had that that much, you know, mental health issues other than, you know, criticizing myself or, or whatever, but like actually experiencing, um, something real, uh, was, was very eye opening, and it allowed me to, you know, approach that section with even more just insight and compassion as well for those who, you know, might be struggling in that area. So I think it's, it's just pretty crazy how life will kind of just like serve you the lessons you need to, to <laughs> create this opportunity to, to, you know, serve and, and help others or, or just be that like, helping hand, you know, along the way, and that's really what I want Living Lively to be, is just, like, this big sister or this little big sister that's just there for you, and it and feels very supportive and, and safe, like I mentioned.
1: I love it. I mean, yeah, the book, it, it seemed to bring up a lot for you, teach you some things, and then also yeah. <laughs> it's, it just opens the door uh, for others to explore those things, too, and um i you know like you said life throws at us what we what we kind of need in that moment and maybe as people are working through it you know they they get exposed and they're opened up to these things like in their own lives yeah. so and i think that's what is beautiful about it and then they can go bake so they can go make exactly like the <laughs> yeah, best yeah, of both exactly. worlds <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. well where can people find the book and connect um just so they can like learn more about it support it's Like I, guys, I will be sharing on my Instagram. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful book. So
0: thank you. Yes, so you can find Living Lively basically everywhere where books are sold um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, independent booksellers are also selling the book. So if you want to go that route and support um, those booksellers, that would be awesome. And uh, you can also just learn more about the book and, and get access to all of those links on my website, hayleyvthomas.com. It's just Hayley without the Y, um,
1: vthomas.com, So Yeah, that's where you can find everything. Perfect. And as a quick closing question, because I can't not ask it, I just have to know, like, you can give as brief of a summary as you want, but what was it like to meet Michelle Obama? Because I just, like, I can't help but not ask about
0: that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was such a surreal experience, and, you know, I still – often can't really believe it happened. And like several times at that. Um, So, you know, she definitely just has such like a a warm energy and you feel um, very supported and just like uplifted in, in her space. So even if like total, maybe I've spent like five or six minutes with her. I think that, you know, each moment really felt Uh, very genuine and I felt very supported and and that was really great. And so like the persona you see is like what you get like biggest, best hugs and and all of that. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing
1: experience for sure. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I didn't want to take away from the actual interview, but I just had to Oh, yeah, <laughs> to ask but, um, well, that is amazing, and thank you so much for coming on today, and I thank just you. hope people really resonate, connect and um, really push themselves to learn you know learn take something from this episode and dive into it or learn a bit more about it so. Thank you. No, it was such such a
0: pleasure. Enjoy like getting to talk with you. And I appreciate the opportunity and the
1: platform. So thank you so much for your support. Yes. I really hope you guys take something away from this episode. We discussed so much and I think a lot of it could resonate, inspire, educate, just, you know, no matter what walk of life you're in right now. You can find Haley and her book Living Lively at on Instagram at Haley Thomas. I'll also have her site and where the book can be found linked below. Let us know what you thought, if it, you know, resonated with you. I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels and at Let's Survive Podcast. Let us know your thoughts, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.